Welcome to the Ransomware Battleground, where we dive into the world of cybersecurity and hear firsthand from those that are deep in the fight to protect your data and peace of mind. Think your network is secure? Let's check out how secure you really are with this week's chat, Double Extortion Ransomware. I'm joined today with Paul Fredrickson, cybersecurity consultant, most recently with Dell, and we have a little fun today with a quiz. Do you think you get 100%? Join us and see if you've earned your tasty beverage of choice. I'm your host and moderator, Sia Yasatornrat. Before we get started, I've got to give a shout out to our sponsor, AirGap, the best defense against ransomware. With the Zero Trust Isolation Platform, AirGap confines ransomware to a single device. Put an end to threat propagation and protect your infrastructure in minutes, not months. And now, let's enter the battleground. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Ransomware Battleground. I'm Sia, and today we are joined by my favorite co-host, Mr. Paul Fredrickson. He is a cybersecurity consultant extraordinaire. Welcome back, Paul. Hey, Sia. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing absolutely wonderful. And let me just tell you, talking about double extortion ransomware gets me doubly excited. Oh, yeah. Well, hey. (laughs) It's an exciting thing to talk about. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. I know. Okay, kids. So let us talk about how do we define double extortion? Because I've got my own definition and I'd love to hear your definition. So let me just kick off with mine. All right. um, so the way I understand double extortion is basically you've got a hacker that encrypts your files and says, okay, why don't you pay me some nominal funds and I will decrypt and give you your files back to you. The double extortion where it kicks in is, Oh, and by the way, those files, yeah, I still have them. And if you don't want me to leak it to a website somewhere with your data, you may want to pay me additional monies. That's my definition of double extortion. So, Paul. I can't really argue with that one. I mean, it's it's an evolution because, right, the, the, the first type of ransomware was like, we're going to encrypt your laptop and you're going to pay us some money and then maybe we'll send you the keys to unencrypt it. But then they figured out that they could get two for one on this, right? You know, why, you know, why just go back to the, to the, to the wallet once when you can go back twice? And, you know, I, th- this goes back for a, a long, long time. And I like to bring everything back to Vikings because I'm Scandinavian and Scandinavians love to talk about Vikings. But when the Vikings first went after, you know, all the treasure and plunder down in France and specifically Paris, you know, the first time they went there, they sacked the city. And the king gave them 7,000 pounds of silver to go away and to go back up to Scandinavia and to leave them all alone. So the good Viking said, that's awesome. Thanks very much for all the silver. We'll put it in our boats and we'll go back home. Then as soon as they got home, they unloaded all the silver, turned the boats back around, said hi to the wife. And then they came back down and then they sacked Paris three more times. Three more times. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, if you think about it, the Vikings are like, we've got a bunch of rich Wussies here, I guess, for the lack of a better term, yeah? Well, no, they just know that they were willing to give up the money. And that's kind of the reason why, like, just today in the news, you know, the the it was the game manufacturer, Cyberpunk 2077, right? They just announced that they weren't going to pay, right? Because they didn't want to incentivize, you know, double and triple taking of money out of their wallet. 
because you know if you give them if you give somebody money then they're going to keep coming back it's simple you know that's the way extortion has always worked and that's something that I've, I've actually talked to other folks about as well as like you know there is that debate of like do you pay up or do you just say mm, i'm good it kind of reminds me of do you remember j paul getty um you know the getty museum in california huge collector they have, he has an actor named balthazar getty well he was a rich oil magnet one of the richest you know back in the day mm -hmm. and he had a son that got kidnapped and mm -hmm. they held him for ransom. And they said, we will, we'll cut your son's ear off if you don't pay us. Oh yeah, and, yeah. and, and J Paul Getty is notoriously cheap and he didn't pay. And then guess what? He got in the mail, his son's ear. Mm -hmm. I mean, so the idea of like, Nope, we're not going to negotiate. We're not going to deal with these hackers and whatnot. It's absolutely fascinating to me. Okay. So Paul, are you ready for a quiz? Sure. All right. I'm in the mood for a quiz. I know I'm all about the pub and I love the trivia. So I decided to put some trivia questions in front of you. You know, have a little bit of fun today. And I'm going to earn a beer if I, if I get all these questions, right? You will at all the right. end of it. If you get it right, only okay. if you get it right. Okay. Ready? So question Fingers number crossed. one, question number one, my friend, right. you're going to have three real world examples. Only one is not real. Okay. Okay. So number one, there was a company, a business that had outsourced its IT or portions of it for their client who happens to be part of the government, of a government institution. Uh, they were hit with the Babook ransomware. They, and they had discovered that Babook had been there for three weeks sitting in the network. Mm -hmm. And the challenge around it was that in their double extortion, they said, if you did not pay our ransom and we will release the data, that data was actually results of COVID tests. That's number one. Okay. Number two, this particular organization was hit by the Lessie Gina hacker group and they demanded $1 million in Bitmoji coin. The hackers note started out with wah ha ha. Company did not pay out and got sold to the dark net. Company number three, or option number three here, is it was one of the largest software organizations. The were hit, they were hit by the CLOP hacker group, and they were forced to shut down internal systems and internal mm -hmm. help desk. Now, they claim it did not affect core customer-facing services or cloud-based services, but the hackers did ask for $20 million and they didn't pay, so... Guess what? That CLOP hacker group sold it to the dark net, including employee ID, passport mm. information, internal emails, and financial docs. So of the three, which one didn't happen? Well, I'm going to kind of go around the one where they were paid with a coin that doesn't exist because I don't think there's a Bitmoji. I know there's a Dogecoin and there's a, you know, there's Bitcoin, but I don't think that there's any Bitmoji coin right now. <laughs> Ding, 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 ding. You win number one. Good All job. Right. I'm going to go get drunk now. I'll be back. <laughs> no, no. Not so fast, sunshine. We're on to question number two, okay? Oh, there's no right. Oh, yeah. And everyone play along that's listening. Which of these is not a double extortion ransomware? Cuba, Cirque right. de Seaster, Pay to Key, or Avedon? All right. Well, I'm going to go with the longest one, the Cirque de Sista. Yay. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and by the way, Sista is a kind of a nickname of mine. So Cirque de Sista was like 
homage to myself there. Thank you. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's good. Put yourself in the question. That's Hey, you know, oh, you know, I figured why not? You know, (laughs) this is gonna be very difficult. Okay. Number three, sir. Ready? All right. Who is credited for launching the double extortion ransomware attack as we know it today? Ooh, Ooh, I'm thinking about corn dogs. So that would be maize. Ding, 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 (laughs) ding, ding. Congratulations. All right, sir. You've earned yourself a beer, but after our conversation, not now. All right. Okay. Well, so I would can you, have two then too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, you have one for me. That's great. So yeah, no, I, thanks for playing along. And I thought it'd be kind of fun All to right. just kind of throw out um, these types of situations that are out there because double extortion mm-hmm. ransomware does exist. It's happened in the cloud, um, oh, yeah. not cloud. It happens now around the world. And, and if I just may go back to the three options of the real world examples I gave you, the one mm-hmm. I made up, um, but the other two was software AG and Circo. And Circo was the one that... Um, they had a contract with the NHS Test and Trace uh, organization within mm-hmm. the UK. And so, I mean, you can imagine under the pandemic, um, people um, not knowing their data and knowing if they got infected or not. I mean, it's insane to me. And then Software AG, the fact that they said, nah, we're good. We're not paying 20 million. Uh, it's just mind boggling yeah. to me. Well, they don't want to fund. I mean, because a lot of these groups, you know, the money is going directly into terror organizations. Why would, you know, and like in the first example we were talking about, like they're going to keep coming back asking for more and more again. So it's, you can't keep paying an extortionist, right? I mean, it's. (laughs) Exactly. And, but darn it. I mean, but then sometimes you have to get that mission critical data back and oops, we really screwed up. Well, I mean, I, I think what we're talking about is the sponsor of this podcast, right? I mean, you have to have a way to prevent that data from getting out there in the first place. That brings a perfect, that's a perfect segue into the sponsor of this podcast, AirGap, and their zero trust networking solution, right? I mean, that's, you, you, if your data never gets out there, you don't have to worry about this. You're right. With a zero trust isolation platform, and I'm not trying to pitch them or anything like that, but the more I've been learning about all these ransomware attacks, the more I'm actually loving air gap as a as, as a layer of security yes. to to fight against this because you got to trust that everyone is not not everyone is good whether you have good intentions or not or just simply ignorant right like mm-hmm. i mean so there is this list and i'm going to give credit to lawrence abrams who is the uh core um writer of bleepingcomputer.com so shout out to him i saw this list that he put together of the list of ransomware leak sites and it's absolutely amazing if you look at this uh list and guys you can just mm-hmm. google it and find it and i can put it in the the notes most of these uh double extortion attacks they're like went gangbusters in 2020. I mean, oh, with the pandemic. Everybody, it's everybody started working from home. So, I mean, there's a, there's a much larger attack service. I'm, it's incredible to me. So, yeah, no, so let's like, I don't want to go down the entire list or not, but there's some that kind of highlighted to me and I would like your opinion on it because, and you tell me why, I don't know why I just got fascinated by it but like so for example so conti or conti i think it's called conti this is the successor to ryuk ransomware and and we talked about Mm. ryuk in a previous podcast um on ransomware battleground so shout out to the ryuk discussion but the ransomware as a service oh no ryuk ransomware so i did another episode on that prior to you if i wasn't there it didn't happen so right exactly Exactly. (laughs) it's a pre-paul uh podcast but but I was shocked when I saw the stat. So it was uh, discovered out in the wild in August, 2020, or the, no, I'm sorry, the leak site they posted. So the website that they host mm-hmm. all their leaks uh, went live in August, 2020. 
but they just were discovered in June of 2020 with 26 victims between June and August. That's eight weeks. And they had 26 victims. I mean, I, I don't know the list oh, yeah. of the victims, but holy smokes. Oh yeah. No, I mean, it's, it, it's gone from, you know, security as a cost center to security is now mandatory or you're going to end up on the front page of Ars Technica. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like what cyber was it? Cyber 2070. Cyberpunk like, 2077. I don't particularly play the game myself, but I mean, you know, just because they were a little late bringing my video game to market doesn't mean they necessarily need to have all their source code stolen and true. then, and you know, be ransomed to and locked out of all their servers. So now they can't even update anything. Uh, and then someone's probably going to, you know, put their, publish their game out to the, to the web. You know, what's funny about that whole hack though, to me is um, because there were, there've been a lot of gaming um, companies, creator, gaming creators that have been hacked. And I didn't mm -hmm. even think about this, but it absolutely makes, at first I was kind of like, why would you, why would you pick on a gaming company, right? They're just making games. And, but what an idiot I am in the context, video games has surpassed Hollywood and music yeah. industry. And it's like over a billion dollars a year and whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it makes sense that they're getting hacked. And the fact that all of their content is all digital, their mm -hmm. assets is pure digital. I can see where that would be a huge target from here on out, especially oh, as yeah. we grow. And, you know, shout out to Esports Future Eye Podcast Network and Esports e e Future Eye uh, e uh, Media in general. Um, they do everything all esports. And okay. they talk about it. And we talk about that very uh, frequently about the growth. Oh, yeah. Well, if you remember back to the Sony hack, you know, when they not locked everybody out of the Sony game network and people were furious, they were just going, they were losing their minds because, you know, they couldn't play whatever game they wanted to against their buddy. Absolutely insane. Yeah. So that was my little non sequitur. Sorry. Um, there's no another one that uh, another double extortion attack that had come out, uh, Cuban ransomware. Um, nothing really special about that, except for the fact that I thought it was funny. I actually looked at their, uh, their website, um, their leak website, and it's like, mm -hmm. I like, got a guy with a Cuban cigar and he's like, welcome. And then protect your data better. And it was just kind of a smart Alec thing that I thought, you know, oh, like the beer commercial guy, the most interesting guy in the world, like that kind of guy. <laughs> well, it wasn't that guy, but yeah, they had an image on there. Oh. Um, so the other thing too, that I, I, I want to talk about more is, um, so Nephilim um, ransomware, which I thought was funny because we just did a previous episode talking about ransomware as a service. Mm -hmm. And Nephilim, I don't know if I'm saying it right, um, was actually the next generation of the Nempty ransomware, which was actually leveraging ransomware as a service. Their next mm -hmm. uh, iteration of it, because they got caught or they just um, they recruited more experienced uh, hackers to develop Nephilim um, in March 2020. And I thought this was interesting because their first technique was leveraging ransomware as a service. And then the next go around, they actually opted not to, which I think we could talk about. And then you can look back in our previous podcast, talking about ransomware as a service, which Paul you are on. So it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one worth listening to, but their website is called corporate leaks, which to me, I thought right. from a branding perspective, if I was like learning about, you know, corporate, you know, corporations that are getting hacked, corporate leaks actually would stand out to me. It just seemed to be more branding. Perfect. I guess. Oh yeah. Well, once this information gets out in the world, I mean, it's, it's the cat's out of the bag, the horse is out of the barn. I mean, whatever, whatever you want to call it, it's out, you know, and it's once that information is out, it might not be, 
put on a nice website for somebody, but maybe it'll come up on the dark web like we were talking about earlier. And you can say, give me some money and I'll give you whatever you know intelligence I have on this one company. Right, absolutely. So I do want to do one last one to, to point out with Maze, right? So they were known as the Maze Cartel. What I didn't realize was they had affiliates that, so quite a few of these things, uh, these guys on the list here, they actually would publish it to Maze's website leak. Uh, mm -hmm. link because i guess they were so pervasive they were so successful i mean they they hit allied universal chubb city of pensacola i mean some real high profile um attacks i thought it was interesting that the others would actually um post on their link and so they didn't have to maintain their own website so when maids went down in november 2020 it almost felt like a lot of these had to find their new home well, I mean, it's like everything with computers, it's uh, it's a collaborative medium, you know, and why can't, you know, they always talk about how companies want to collaborate more back and forth. Why can't the hackers collaborate more back and forth? Right. You know, because you're, you're, you're building on the technology of somebody else. You know, nobody, nobody does this all by themselves. They do this as a community effort and everybody in the community has a different idea of why they're doing it. Like some of these groups are hacktivists and they're trying to do it to, you know, try to point out an injustice in the world or something that they want to do. But there are probably also on the side, you know, getting a little funding for themselves, you know, to buy a new laptop. Well, so it's, it's, it's a very gray, like, you know, you're 60% good, 40% bad sometimes, then, you know, you can flip around. It's, it gets a little weird. So you brought up a good point then. So I actually had in my notes here is hacker groups with a heart I mean, and then you told me they're called hacktivists, right? So let's talk about this a little bit, though, because so Maze shut down because, like you said, like they said, look, it can be done. You guys mm -hmm. should be ashamed of yourselves. And we're, we're shutting down. Now, I've read some articles that indicated that um, they said they're just gearing up for another round of something else. They're done with oh. Maze and they're moving on. Is well, that it's all, well, it's also you have to move around, right? Because people are coming after them. They're not, you know, they can't be static. Because if you remember the early days of like the pirate, the, you know, the pirate bay, right? You remember how many times that moved around? Bless you. <laughs> Pardon me. Thank you. Yeah. Um, no. You know, and it kept moving around and first it went down to the Bahamas, you know, and then it was off of that, that crazy server platform that was in an old British military base that was like an old gun base for against the Nazis. You know, it was some guy with a bunch of generators and servers out yeah. in the middle of the sea. And he was like, you know, this is my own data center. And it's like, yeah, it is until the British, you know, roll up in a, in a destroyer or something like that and say, get off. Yeah. You know, then your data center is gone, but it moved, it kept moving around and all these hacker groups, you know, they kind of have to do the same thing because they're talking to, you know, a, a less hacker version of that is Parler. Like Parler got kicked off of AWS. I'm not going to, I don't care to discuss why, because I'm trying to stay away from politics and everything like yeah. that. But they were now, they were literally talking about getting hosted over in Russia. And then, you know, they were, they, the people who were trying to stop Parler were, you know, went against the Russian sites because they also are the same place where like 4chan and, you know, all the other like really nasty parts of the internet had to go over to. And I think they went after them by trying to take away their IP space. Because somebody oh. figured out that their IP space was, you know, it's geographically based if that makes sense, you know, like the allocations of IP are tied to a country. So if you're trying to take US IP addresses and move them over there, and normally they, they don't really go after it that hard, but I guess 
you could, you know, so they, they sent a letter to the authorities that manage the IP space. And I think they got a couple thousand of their IP addresses back. And I don't know that it stopped them, but it didn't help them. Wow. That's crazy. That, yeah. that is crazy. So, okay. So going back to the, the hacktivism then is, um, and I kind of want to talk about Babook because that's like the latest one. And I saw this notification or I, I saw their list of what they won't attack and what they will attack because the others yeah. seem to be the naughty naughties, like the baddie baddies. Yeah. Babook apparently and the group behind it, I mean, they said that they're going to, um, they're excluding hospitals except private plastic surgery clinics and private dental clinics, mm -hmm. nonprofits, any nonprofit, uh, non-profitable charitable foundation, um, and then they said, accept the foundations who help LGBT and BLM. Okay. So I have to, so I'm trying to remember that. Are they saying they, they're, they're not going to attack BLM and LGBT or they're going after those? Uh, I'm not sure on that. So one. they're like, I know I have to double check that one too. But anyway, schools. But, but they have a lit, but they have a code, right? I mean, they I seem think to have a code. They have a code. And I don't know if the code is static. I would assume it's not static. Uh, but, you know, it, I guess it's better that they have a code, you know, even as situational as it is, but. Um, and as fluid as that code is, I mean. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's one week there, they're going to different parts, you know, so they're not exactly like Ronin walking around looking for the next highest master, you know, like the movie or the old, I don't know what you want to call it, the old book. It's not a book. Story. Is Story it, of the Ronin. I was gonna, is it like an anime? What's Ronin? Well, no, you never saw the movie Ronin? No. Well, you should. Am I a slacker? <laughs> okay. Okay. You should, it's, 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 you should go watch it. It's a good movie. But I mean, it's an ex-samurai tech, not technique, but a, a tale about samurai who lost their king or their, not the king, what are they called? What are their warlord? They, they lost their lord. So then they were roaming around the country looking for a new lord and they were taking odd jobs as they were going. It was basically like a mercenary. Okay. That's funny. Well, and okay, the last bullet point, I just want to, for me as an entrepreneur, they will not attack small businesses of revenue less than 4 million. Thank you. No. Not at 4 means, million yet. That means you need to work on being attacked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, apparently I'm a charity according to Babook people and I'm okay with oh, that okay. right now. <laughs> So, okay. I mean, again, going back to, to what we're all talking about here with double extortion ransomware, Paul, I mean, from your, your perspective and your ivory tower, you're looking at it. Do you see an end of double extortion or what do you think? No, it's a step in the evolution. It's the cat and mouse game. It's this thing is just going to ping pong back and forth, you know? So you have to go back to how do I mitigate against this? Is it something like you're using air gap? So you, you know, you can stop it before your information gets out there. Yeah, and you're gonna have to have firewalls. You're gonna have to have all kinds of different technologies. You yeah. can't just have a, a, a single line of defense anymore. You can't say like, oh, I, have a, I, I bought a firewall or I bought you know, a scanner for my laptop. It's all gonna be fine. You have to have multiple versions of this so that you, you can have a chance that if, if and when you get hacked in this kind of situation, you have something against it. Because if not, you're, you know, you're just going to lose your data. And then once your data is out there, then, you know, you, you're in trouble. Or it's a question of like, how much value is your data to you if you want it back? Oh, yeah. Right? Well, I mean, presumably a lot of the people now have backups, 
you know, so like this, the, like the game developer, they have all their source code and their software. However, you know, what does that mean once they, you know, once the, the extortionists put it all out there on the internet, like, uh, are they going to go out of business? Probably not, but is it going to cause them tons of trouble? Yes. You know, right. would it be best if they didn't have to do anything like that? Yes. <laughs> right. No, I completely understand that. So, well, okay. So we've had a really good long conversation here and I kind of want to wrap things up. So, you know, ultimately awesome. it sounds like to me that, you know, again, my tinfoil hat is like, I trust no one. And, um, you know, perhaps you should look at your security policy. You should look at your processes and ensure mm -hmm. again, that you're maintaining the consistent security, uh, you know, for your, for your organization that makes sense. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's no longer, you know, if, if it'll happen, it's when, and when it happens, you need to be prepared or, you know, some companies have gone on to business. Right. Or it's more like, you know, how do you, again, how do you mitigate it? So, you know, it's going to happen. How do you shut it down as quickly as possible? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Oh yeah. No. Cause it's, it, it's the scary part that you try to tell people in the security, in the security world or outside the security world is that like, look, you, you're going to get hacked. It's how you respond to the hack that makes all the difference. Like if you can fall down and then get back up, that's okay. But if you fall down because of it, you know, and we could use the example of the Sony hack, right? They were down for what, six months? Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was a they, long time. And, yeah. And I mean, that was, everything was down. Like they were back to fax machines and legal pads. That's insane. That's insanity. Yeah. So on that insane note, I think, you know what, we had such a great conversation today, Paul. Thank you as always for joining. Awesome. This was fun. And I, you know, I, I know I'm, I, I knew you would like the trivia so, and you've earned yourself two beers. So congratulations, sir. All right. All right. So on that note, until next time, go ahead and enjoy your two beers. And uh, I think we could go ahead and wrap it up for another ransomware We're battleground. <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> All right. Bye guys. <laughs>